All right, hello, hello, hello. It's your girl, Lisa Denae, and we are live here in Vanguard Media Studios. I am so excited today, A, because it's Saturday, and B, because you are on Stunner Radio right here at Vanguard Studios. So I have a wonderful guest with me today by the name of Tiffany Hicks. Now, if you've been watching my show, some of you know that Tiffany has been a co-host on the show. So it's just like old times. <laughs> it, it, it is, isn't it? Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? It yes. really feels like it feels like we just we never stopped. It feels that way. Absolutely. And so being in a new studio is always kind of nerve-wracking. You just really don't know your bearings yet. So I'm very happy to have somebody who can make me feel comfortable. She knows me. She knows the format of the show. She knows the kick me under the table if I say something I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> or if she even hear me going in that direction. <laughs> look, look, but that's okay. I, you know, I, I, like, I like how you do it. I can usually tell when it's coming. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> so I am so happy uh, once again to be here today. I just want to let you guys know that today's show is sponsored in part by the groundbreaking book presented by P. Coffee Brown, Why He Married Her and Played Me, Nine, Circuit Tools, what, Nine Secrets to What He's Thinking, co-authored by Stunner Radio's own Darren Baker. Now, the pre-sale price of this book is $15. Pre-sales are available now through October 1st. Or get your autographed copy directly from Darren, and he will let you know on tomorrow's show, Lip Service with Lisa and Sharice. But make sure you pre-order today, because I know you want to know why he married her and played you. Yeah, I was that title. <laughs> I need you to understand. I was like, run that title back one more yes. time. I need to hear that. Yes, why he married her and played you. Nine secrets to what he's thinking. You know, it sounds like a really interesting book, and I can't wait to get my copy. I have one complaint. What is it? I'm going to need more than nine secrets to what he's thinking. Oh, yeah. You're probably right. I mean, nine sounds kind of low. Well, you know, I'm about to say something that's not going to be popular. <laughs> I'd be like, men are simple. So it's very possible that it could really just be two things, and he stretched it out for the next seven. Now, you know what? That's all I'm saying. You might be right. I'm just saying. Nine is probably more of a female number. Probably. Yeah. He wanted to keep you engaged. He had to have some chapters, because, I mean, he probably could have told us that on page chapter one. Stop that stuff. Exactly. I know we can cut, so. <laughs> no, we can't. Y'all know I got I got to catch myself. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're, we're going to get into our topic a little later, but to, uh, we're going to be talking about thriving in the midst of a pandemic. But before we get to that, I want to kind of do a little wrap-up of 2020 so far. Because 2020 has been a year. A year. Mm. 2020 has been a year for the books. Yes, it has. You could call it that. You can call it a year. You could call it whatever. But it's been interesting. It has been very interesting and very hard, very difficult. There's been some good things, some bad things. But I want to talk about some of the highlights of 2020. Because, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the low. You That's know, true. The low. Very true. We've had a lot of lows. Me, personally, I've had a lot of lows. I'm going to talk about the highlights. Now, before you think I'm shallow, yes, I watch a lot of TV. Okay. So one of the highlights for me was season two of The Shy. Now, would you oh. all please let me know that you watch this, please? So the answer to that would be uh, yes. We, yes. 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 And you know, I'm not even much of a TV watcher, but The Shy, like you have to watch it. Like it just pulls you in. And before you know it, you like the whole season and you like, did y'all do that cliffhanger right there? Yes. Yeah. That happens. And not only that, being from The Shy, I like seeing my city. 
I love seeing it. It just makes you feel so good because you miss it. Mm. And I love seeing the city. They do a really good job not only showing the city, but the people seem authentic. Right. Like, they say stuff that we say. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's other true. shows that's in the shy, they say stuff, and you say, no, nah, we don't we don't talk like that. Oh, we don't say that, right? Yeah, we don't yeah. say that. Or have you ever noticed that other shows make people from Chicago sound super country? Right. And I'm I like, know, wait right? a minute. Hold we don't on. talk like that. Not at all. But, yeah. So yeah. And, and then they show only the bad part of Chicago in other shows. So right. I was really happy to see the love and all the things that we saw. Now, if you watch the show and you've been riding from the beginning, you know that there was a little controversy with our main man, Jason Mitchell, who played Brandon. Right. So all of us were like, what's going to happen? How they gonna, How are they going to handle this? Oh, well, you know, I, we knew. There ain't but one way to well, handle it's that. only one way. There's only one way to handle that. <laughs> but it. you got to die. But you know what? I really think they did a good job. Mm-hmm. They handled it. You got to die. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what got happened. They handle in a very creative way. Yes. Like you come, they they start with a funeral. We knew he was gonna be dead, but I think they did a good job of like taking our focus right off of Brandon. Yes. Immediately. With this beautiful wedding. Right. And who knew that, okay, I've been riding from the beginning, but I kind of forgot that Kevin, is that his name? Kevin, the little boy? Yeah. uh I forgot his mother was gay. Oh, okay. So I didn't forget about that. Yeah, I was excited about the way they wrote it in because I like the idea of the dynamic that they presented. So they presented the fact that, you know, the the kids like her, but they're not really settled with it. And then how do you blend that family together? What does that look like? And then also the fact that they brought the father into the, you know, bringing the whole idea of the father and how we arrived here. I really thought they did a good storytelling on the shot. Is it's amazing. excellent, isn't it? It's amazing. It yeah. really is because when you start watching it, you have such feelings about Ronnie. And you feel like Ronnie's horrible. Like, right. he's trash. By the end, you love Ronnie. Yeah. And but you're you, like, oh. But you also understand Ronnie. what had to happen to him. Right. <laughs> you also understand that there are yeah. consequences for certain actions. Yeah. And I just have to say this before we move on past the shy. Uh, Lena Waithe, mm-hmm. in that role of Camille, excellent. I'm not into women, but if I was, <laughs> I would shoot my shot at Miss Lena. I was so shocked at the complexity of what, the way that she play, plays her role, right? Yes. I, I like her as a person and as a as a director and all of that. So to see her flip the script in the role, I was like, wait, no, I don't want her to be like that, right? But what I understood about it was is that it gave depth, right? Yes. It gave real depth to the character. And yes. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to ride this one out. But I wasn't feeling the character. Mm. I was feeling the acting, though. I was feeling everything, the character, the acting. Now, before we move on, who do you relate to the most in the, in the cast? Who do you see yourself in the most out of the cast of The Shy? Oh, I'm about to say something's going to sound really weird, but um, Emmett. <laughs> Emmett? Oh, Emmett. wow. <laughs> I relate to Emmett okay, more. Okay, now you're telling your business. I relate to Emmett more than I do anything. Him and Lala Anthony, right? Just I don't know why, Ooh. but I really do. I, I relate to their personalities. Like, 
because I'm a relationship person. Like I really like to engage with people, always trying to make people happy. And sometimes you always trying to go real high. You shooting real high for your dreams, but it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. Yes. And then people see you as being flighty and irresponsible, but that's not really what it is. It's just you like like you got these dreams and you just need to get them out of you. And sometimes you don't oh, always yeah, do it the, the good, right way. You know what? I forgot about that part of Emmett. He really is like a dreamer. Yeah. You know, huge dreamer. Yeah, and he really goes for it, mm-hmm. even when he fails. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah. Well, for me, I relate to, um, I'm bad with names. My young self relate to the young girl that's dating Papa right now, Maisha. Maisha, okay. Because okay. that's how I was in school. I was the girl that would say, hey, you got a girlfriend? No. Well, you do now, okay? I'm your girlfriend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's yeah. how it was growing up. So Maisha is so me. And then my adult self, I think I relate to Duda. Oh, okay. I really feel his, you know, he has this duality to him. Like, he's a gangster, but he's really a businessman. He's loving, but he's gangster too. Right, and he does really care about the community. He does. Like he does, is and in, in, in seeing him in that light is you don't know how to feel about him. Like you don't, because like one minute you want to care, you see him doing some things that are good and right, um, but then one minute you're like, dang, he dirty. Right, well, you know, some things have to be done. <laughs> so that's why I relate to him. So we cannot continue without mentioning Chadwick Boseman because, you know, I don't know about you, but I watched the Black Panther more than any other movie I watched ever in the history of my life. Right. I went to the to the theater five times. Now you know I'm a little cheap. I don't really believe in giving away my money like that. Mm-hmm. But the movie was so great. It meant so much to me that I saw it that many times. So you know his passing kind of shook me up. Yeah. I, so. I found out in a very odd way. You guys, I'm gonna I'm share with you guys how I found out about his passing. I was getting in an Uber. I was, um, I'm not gonna say where I was going, but I was getting in an Uber. Mm-hmm. I was headed somewhere. And the Uber driver said, oh my good, and, and it was late. Like it was yeah, maybe was about late. 12 o'clock in the morning at the time. And the uh, uh, the Uber driver said, oh my goodness, it, that's horrible. Have you heard what Have you heard what happened to, um, to Chadwick Boseman? And I was like, what? So you know, I had to go look it up. And it's not real if it's not on CNN or something like that. Right. right. So or TMZ. You right. Know, you got to have a reputable source to find out. And so I, I, I'm sitting in the Uber and I literally cried because I was like, I, I related to him as the artist that made me proud to be black. Yeah. Right. He was the kind of guy that the stories that he chose, he he didn't want to be pigeonholed. And then, like you say, he was the he was a king, Wakanda forever. Yeah. And like you, I spent my money to go see it. Like I'm, I'm like whatever he's in, I need to pay for it. I'm not gonna bootleg it. I'm not gonna watch it on YouTube. Right. I'm going to pay for it because I want to make sure that I support him and his art. Yes. And y'all look, we live. Yes. You know what you said is so true, and I think. When people uh, look, people from the outside looking in uh, that aren't black, when they look at how we grieve, they probably say, "Why they act like they knew this guy?" And it was just because it's what you said. He made you proud to be black, and I think that's how I felt about Kobe also, and that's why his death rocked me to the core. And people were like, "Oh, come on, like really, you're being dramatic." But for me, I've been a Laker fan my whole life, and I, mm. I just looked up to him. He was so very intelligent. He spoke all these different languages, and he was just smart. And he yeah. made me proud to be black. And I think when you're not, you know, when you haven't grown up the way we have as black people, you don't understand that. 
because to everything else, you know, that you see kind of make you feel some type of way about being black. Right. So these type of people are very important to our, our culture. And when I saw that he had been diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016, it blew my mind. Right. You know what? Let's talk about that real quick. You, the the fact that you said that people um, had something to say about you feeling some way about losing someone that you didn't actually physically know, right? I, we're all energy anyway. So I can feel your energy across the screen. I can hear it across a phone call, across an email or whatever. And when when you see someone who makes you feel good about who you are, it does matter. It doesn't matter if you didn't physically know him in the right. flesh. What matters is you knew him in the spirit. Yeah. Right? So I, I say that because I hear people say that all the time. Like, why y'all so upset that Kobe died? Why are you so Well, we're upset because this is a part, this person has been a part of our life. And, yeah. they, and they understood that about themselves, right? Yeah. They really understood how they impacted their community so so shout shout out to all of y'all that are out there and you having a struggle you struggling with this with the, with the loss of some of our men and, and it's not just kobe and and chadwick we, we lost know. nipsey hustle like i'm like what's going on even though that was last year it still feel like this year yeah i did pop smoke i don't know if y'all knew pop yeah. smoke but oh i love pop he smoke. that was this year right uh, that was this year okay I mean, this was a young man that was just getting ready to blow. You know, he was just getting ready to blow up. And I'm, a, I love Fifty Cent. I ride for Fifty Cent regardless. And he reminded me so much of Fifty. Uh. His voice, the way he moves, his even he looked like him. So it was kind of like the second coming. Mm-hmm. And it just broke my heart when he was murdered. You know, so I don't know. I think it's um, it's been a very rough year. I didn't want to talk about the bad part, but okay. you know, we have to talk about the bad part to acknowledge the good part. Um, the historical verses that we all saw this past week with Monica and Brandy. Mm -hmm. Did you watch it? I sure did. And you know what's interesting? Because I don't normally watch those things. Right. Right. And so this one, I had to watch because I rock with Monica. Like, really? Man, when I tell you I rock with Monica, every time I hear a Monica song, I literally could go back in the time to wherever I was when that song was playing. Right. And so I was super excited. Now, I ain't going to lie. I do kind of think verses is a little petty sometimes, Absolute. right? Okay, absolutely. But but this one I had to watch, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I enjoyed it. Like I just literally, I was like, if you between a certain age, like that was your that day was our right, jam there. right there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my son was like. What was the big deal? I, I saw the numbers, and I can't believe they got those kind of numbers. I said because the age group. Yeah, you gotta understand yeah. the age group. Yeah, <laughs> we all tuned in. We got out our rocking chairs for that one. Yes, <laughs> yes, we did. I did. I had a glass of wine. Yeah, got up because if the service kept freezing a little bit, I was like, wait, they gonna act right. They gonna act right. Well, you know what's funny is like, you could tell what type of person you are based on who you was rooting for. Okay. Like, cause you know, Monica look gangster. Yeah. You know, she got that little she rough rowdy. edge. She rowdy. Brandy, she's like goody two-shoe type girl, but you know, different in real life. Uh-huh. And so it kind of depends. Well, I, I like me. how you said that, different in real life. Yeah, you know different. What, different, mm-hmm. okay. Gotcha. Different. Uh, but present yourself as a goody-goody. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, you know, for whoever that's for. But I love both of their music, but I was also rooting for Monica. Okay. Because she's just more my type of person. Yeah. But anyway. I, I, I like that. I, I, I like how she is just herself and she is okay with being who that is. I just don't, I don't know. I, I think it's very difficult to be the kind of person who has to hide who you are to be in front of people. I'm all about self-integration. 
I want to yes. be who I am everywhere. I, I don't forget who I am. Now, listen, that's a whole show. Okay. Because, you know, some people really do live for others. Yeah. And that is a miserable way to live. You you, you ever been around somebody, they one way with you, then they're another way with this friend, they're another way with that friend. See, that's too many people yeah. for me to keep track of. That's a Gemini. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Let me, okay, Shout I'm out to the Geminis. <laughs> but for me, I got to be one way, so I agree with you on that. But at this moment, we got to take a little pause for the calls. And y'all know this sponsor thing is kind of hard for me, but we're going to get it going. So with that being said, have you ever been in an accident, experienced property damage, lost wages, or pain and suffering? Well, you don't have to face these issues alone. You need a dedicated team to help you get the help you need. Call the Car Crash Lady Lawyers today for unstoppable results. The dedicated Car Crash Lady Lawyers of Lanice Fuller and Barbara Hudson have more than 50 years of combined legal experience and have successfully fought for the rights of individuals who are injured in a wide variety of cases. Call 844-8-LADY-LAW for a free case evaluation or visit carcrashladylawyers.com for more information. And please tell them Stunner Radio sent ya. So at this point, I want to talk to you, Tiffany, about you. Uh-oh. Who you are and what you do. Hey, so you guys, I am Tiffany Hicks and I am the CEO and owner of Velvet Rope Experience LLC, um, which we have recently changed our name. Like we're doing business now as VRE Training Solutions and I'm super excited about that. Um, And most people be like, why are you excited about a name change? Um, But I am excited because now I finally know exactly what I want to do and how I want to do it. So I'm really moving in my my spirit, in my lane, and that is um, training. So I absolutely love doing training and training people to be better. I'm um, really about... um, um, personal development and business development that's mm-hmm. really the bulk of who I am so that's who I am and a lot of people don't a lot of people don't know that I recently changed my name so my name is Tiffany Hicks but most people know me by Tiffany Taylor Hicks so mm-hmm. I just tell everybody that but yeah I went I went I went back to the we're not hyphenated anymore which is plain old integrated Tiffany Hicks and that's a good feeling right yeah you know, I went back to my name, uh, like, well, last year or the year before, I went back to my maiden name. I'm not going to say what that is, but I went okay. back to my maiden name. You know, I've been married a few, two, three times. <laughs> and so I've experienced a couple of name changes. I done had hyphenated with one husband, totally changed my name with the other husband. So going back to my maiden name felt great. Okay. It's like I'm the person that I was born as. Yes. You know, so we're going to forget all these bumps in the road. Right. And go back to the start. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. Like, you really have to go back to the beginning to to really get an understanding of where you're going. So, I'm, you know, I I love Sankofas. And I'm always thinking about the fact that I love the fact that you have to know where you came from in order to know where it is that you're going. And so I've had an interesting, like, my story has been interesting, but it is so good to be in a place right now where I'm me. Like, and I'm happy with the me that I am. Mm -hmm. Not trying to impress other people. Don't feel like I need to be running around doing things that other people want me to do. and, And I learned the power of the word no. Oh, no's great. No is a beautiful word. It's a whole sentence. No's great when I'm saying it. I don't appreciate hearing it that much. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Hearing it give me hives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's true. saying it, I, I love it. 
Well, I'm I'm on the other side of it now. So before and you and you and I have talked about this. So for me, I I struggled with rejection. So my issue was I couldn't say no and I didn't like to hear no. Mm. Right. So now I'm on the other side of it because I really feel like when people tell you no, it's not necessarily no because it's you. They're not saying no because they're rejecting you. They're saying no because they're re- they just don't want whatever it is at that time. And that's okay. That's really okay. You just go to somebody else and get it, right? Or ask yourself, do you really need it from that person? Right. And sometimes I've been finding that I was looking for things in other people that what I really needed was to find it in myself. Mm. So Yes, indeed. That goes to the topic of thriving during a pandemic. Right. And that sounds uh, like, you know, sounds kind of cliche, it sounds kind of simple, but it really isn't because a pandemic is something like a, a, what do they call it in the Bible? A famine. A famine. It's similar. Or a plague. Or a plague. Either way. It's similar. It's It's a time where you don't expect to be thriving. Right. You expect to be suffering. So talk to me about how you have been able to thrive. And when we say thriving, I think sometimes people think automatically money. Right. That means you got money. No, because it doesn't mean that you can have money and still not be thriving. Right. What it means is that you're growing and you're excelling. You're going forward and not backwards. Exactly. So it's a whole thing. So tell me a little bit about how you're doing that. Like, and when did it start for you? It's, it, this is so interesting because I said, hey, I'm going to give, give them a little backstory. So before this year, last year, I had a great year and I picked up some really good contracts for my business. I was super excited about. And we were just in the process of negotiating one of those contracts in January and February at the beginning of this year. And all of a sudden the conversation slowed down and I in the company that I was working with they were like hey Tiffany you know what we really believe in you the problem is that we like we have to stop travel right now and blah 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 right so this is around March and the contract was supposed to start like at the end of March and everything stopped and shut down and it was a pretty lucrative contract it was a $60,000 contract which was going to set my year off right mm. and so um and then we we had to stop because of covid literally they were like okay we won't be able to do this training and this is the reason why we can't do it because we can't do it in person and you know i even um gave that company away i said hey this is what we'll do I did a strategy to take it offline or to to take it off of being, you know, face to face. I said, hey, well, let's do it virtually. And this is how we can do it. And that entity was like, no, we're not we're not sure that that's what we want to do or the direction we want to go. And right in that moment, I thought to myself, okay, this pandemic is real, like it's real because like nobody's going anywhere. We're stuck in the house. And I started I'm, I'm probably weird, but I literally was like, man, okay. If I'm stuck in the house, I got a, I have so many things I can do to work on my business, mm-hmm. right? Because I said I'm the type of person I was a people pleaser. So that means that when we were out moving around doing what we were doing, I was busy helping everybody else build their business. Mm. And then I said, now I'm stuck in the house. I don't have no excuses. Right. It's time for me to dig deep and get the stuff done that I need to get done for me. And so that was the beginning of me thriving, right? And then it literally just got better because what happened was I was like, how can what what can I do? I stopped saying what I can't do or what I don't have or what's missing, mm-hmm. and I started saying things like, "Okay, Tiffany, this is a pandemic, but what can you do? Who can you talk to? What what proposals can you put together?" 
And I've been doing webinars for a long time. I, that, I, when I moved to Dallas, I was doing webinars for Samsung before people were even doing online training like that in 2010. Mm. So I was like, okay, Tiffany, what does that look like? So I started helping people take their programs to the virtual space. And then I started getting money for that, right? So it was just really just taking you know, a look at what is it that you can do as opposed to what you can't. And, and it gave me all kinds of space to do that because for the first time, I had to sit with myself. Right. So that, that's, that, that was me. That's how it worked for me. I think that's really you know, the thing that separates you from success and failure. Do you do it? Do you sit with yourself? Or do you find other things to distract you? Because I think that was the thing for me, too, not going and, and doing and having this daily schedule all the time. I had to actually see myself. Right. And not only see myself, but see my situation, see my kids, see everything. Like, when you're busy, things kind of pass you by. Life passes you by, actually. Right. But during the pandemic, you have to kind of sit down, and you have this time now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you so have this space now. So I can agree with you that that was the beginning for me as well because, for one, I feel like I'm thriving personally as well as professionally, but the personally is a thing that really helped me to be able to do the professionally because personally, I think I came into the pandemic thinking, okay, this need to be over by April because mm-hmm. my birthday coming and I ain't nobody got time for this, okay? I got plans. So I really didn't take it seriously. I was just like, you know, let's move this along. And then when, when April passed and, and got into May, I said, oh, we're like, we're not going nowhere. We may be stuck for a minute. For a minute. So I decided, what do I need to work on, like, with myself? What do I need to change? And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't what I wanted to hear. You oh, know how yeah. you talk to yourself? Oh, and yeah. then you tell yourself something and you say, self, cut it out. <laughs> you know? Or be easy. Don't, hey, don't give it to me like that. So anyway... I decided that I was going to make these changes. I was going to really deal with me. I was going to really deal with myself. And it was difficult at first because, like I said, when you're going about your daily life, you don't really realize. Right. You don't really see. You just go with the motion and go with the flow. And what I discovered was I had become a person different than who I want to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't like being a passenger in my life. I like being the driver. And I found that I was in the passenger seat, and I wasn't happy with that. I found that I had just been going with the flow of what whoever got in the driver's seat decided was good for me. Right. And that is not okay. You know, and sometimes we let our kids drive us. Sometimes we let our parents drive us. Yes. We let our friends drive us. We let our man drive us or, or wife or whatever. But you're right. It's important because I feel like... I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to make decisions that I feel good about, right? So this is my experience. And like you said, I don't. I want to be in the driver's seat. Yes. Now, I don't even want to be in a car. I want to be in a jet. You understand? Mm, I want to fly. That's right what I'm now. trying to do. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> if Tyler Perry can do it, we all can do it. I'm yes. just saying. Use a G4 like an auto. <laughs> anyway. Yes, so, yeah, that was something that I discovered. I was like, I want to get back in the driver's seat. I don't like this idea of, and sometimes it's because I'm a female and because we've been raised to kind of follow. And that's cool in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to your life, you got to have your own plan, your own desires, your own thing, what you want to do and who you want to be. And I've always had that, but for some reason I got into that mode of, 
everybody pushing me in this direction or that direction, so I'm going to go in that direction. But the pandemic helped me to understand I don't have to. Right. I can literally get back in the driver's seat and do my thing and right. go where I want to go with my life. So I'm grateful for that for the with the pandemic because for me it was husbands. And, yeah, it's an S on the end of that. So they let you know right there. <laughs> we made a God-off track somewhere, somewhere in this life. But in another sense, it was children. Because, okay. you know, I was raised to feel like you basically lay down your life for your kids. Right. You know, you sacrifice everything. It doesn't matter if, if it comes down to somebody missing a meal. It's going to be you for sure because that's how you raised. Like, right. But then I discovered that that's not healthy for my kids all the time. They need me to be happy. They need me to be the best me. And sometimes they need to make sacrifices also. It's a family unit. Correct. And so they have to sometimes sacrifice their time on the video game to help me clean. And I wouldn't do that before. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, well, they're children. I'm going to let them enjoy their childhood. So I'm grateful for the fact that I spent more time with my kids during this pandemic. Okay. I'm not happy being their teacher right now. I feel like oh. um, Spring Branch ISD need to cut me a check because I'm doing way more instruction. So uh, let's. So we need <laughs> shout out to all the parents that are out there that are homeschooling their children because I know y'all not okay. I, am I know not. y'all not okay in these teaching streets, but I bet you that people now appreciate the te- kid school a little bit more and teachers a little bit more. Not only do I appreciate the teachers, I want to hug all of them. I want to give them gift cards. I'm going to take them flowers when school get back in. Because one thing I discovered, my child bad. See? That's what happened. We're sitting there doing the on the virtual learning. He all in the chat. You're not supposed to be in the chat. You're supposed to be listening to the teachers. He all in the chat room with the other kids. And, and the teacher called him out. Stop chatting. And he stopped for a minute. Then I seen him move the mouse over back to the chat room. I said, well, who is this kid? This can't be my kid. My Does kid he not bad. know that she can see he's still in the chat room? That's what I said. I said, do you understand that the teacher can see every time you go to the chat room? He's like, yeah, I know. With the mouse still going to the chat room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow, they, they deal with this on a daily basis. I could not do it. Oh, yeah. And then the kids, so I'm sitting there with my son watching, you know, all the other kids, and they're raising their hand for the same thing three times in one class. If I was that teacher, I would log off. Yeah. you got to have <laughs> some patience to you deal know what? with these kids, Teach yourself man. today. Yes. Patience, patience. So, so tell me this. I'm gonna ask you a question about that, though, right? Okay. So, when you decided or you identified that your child was bad, did you did you did you feel bad about the fact that he behaved like that, or did you or what did you really did did what what, what happened? Tell me how that. Well, went. I, I didn't feel bad because I know it's mama. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't a total surprise. I got you. Okay. But I felt like, man, my head been in the clouds. I haven't been paying attention. Like okay. this kid is mischievous. Got you. He's mischievous. He has a very short attention span. He has no use for most of the stuff they teaching. He's just like, how's this gonna help me? And okay. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just do it. So let's identify that that ain't even really bad. Like that's a lot. That's a lot of what a lot of um, African American or or children of color go through because they're not learning stuff in school that that relates to them, right? I, I feel like they don't teach them things that could be easily applied or things that really matter to them. Um, and I think it's just too. Everything is about test. 
right? Everything mm-hmm. is about learn this so that you can test well. But but in real life, we're not waking up every day going somewhere and taking an English test or going somewhere and taking a math test. That's true. We are waking up every day making decisions that are life and death ones, and that's what they should be teaching our kids in school. Mm, so that's a good point. He's not necessarily bad. He's just bored. He is very bored. He's and bored. and I, I experienced that when I was in school. I was actually fortunate enough to skip a grade because I was too – I was ahead of everybody else, but I was so bored. Gotcha. Like, I was bored with everything. So, I, I agree that most of it is bored, but he's very mischievous also. Okay. Like, he does she things like, I know my that he baby. don't need to be doing. You gotcha. know, drawing pictures of the teacher. Boy, you know, <laughs> and, and, the t- it, and the pictures are not flattering, okay? <laughs> so, I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be paying attention to what the teacher is saying. So, one thing I will say is, I'm not understanding this new math. Why do y'all got them going through all these different steps to answer one problem, drawing boxes and grab, what is this? I don't understand. Somebody showed me that the other day, and I was like, what is that? I they were like, this the new math. No, no, that's stupid math. I showed my son how I learned it. He was like, Mom, let me do it that way. That's quicker. I said, but they want you to draw a box and do Why? all that? I have no idea. Okay. It's got to be related to money with the people who manufacture these textbooks. Okay. It's got to be it. Okay. Because I can't is. understand why you would have somebody go through all these steps to get to the in, especially when now they can really just pull out a calculator, you know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. at this point, they're not teaching them how to tell time on a real clock anymore. And to me, that's more important. Because if you're stuck somewhere and you don't have your phone or whatever, you need to be able to look at a clock and know what time it is. Yes. And most of these yeah. kids don't know how to do that. Don't be like Tiffany. Like, if you tell me be somewhere at a quarter till, I think that's 25 minutes till. I get frustrated. Oh, yeah. That's, and my yeah. mom would be like, that is not 25 minutes till. It's 15 minutes till. And I was like, dang it, can I just get a digital clock? Yes. That's why I have a phone. Yes. It shows me the time on the phone. I want them to do better That's what my kids. son said. We have a phone. We don't need to know how to tell time on a real clock. We have digital clocks, I said. But if you ever stuck somewhere. That's true. And you got they got a regular clock and you don't have your phone, you stuck. You're going to have to go outside and look at the sun. That's what I'm going to say. You're going to have to learn how to read Is a sundial. Is it high noon? Yes. Just read a sundial. <laughs> and then you might be really stuck. But back to this thriving during the pandemic. Did you ever feel at any point um, some of the anxiety that a lot of people felt for being cooped in the house or not able to go to events? Yes. So if people that know me, I, I'm a people person. So I and so I'm I am truly an extrovert. It doesn't take a lot. I can be motivated by anything. I'm internally motivated motivated, but I like being around people because that's where my energy comes from. So I, I literally had a week where I was saddened. Like I know that that sounds weird, but I could identify that I was slightly depressed. And the reason why I was depressed was because I was just I was tired of being in the house. To be be real with you, I was tired of seeing the same two people that I saw all the time. And even though I was getting out and going for walks and stuff like that, it just, it, it, it the weight of the world, it felt overwhelming. Yeah. I was like, when are we going to be out this situation so I could go and have fun or take a drive and enjoy myself? Go have ice cream and not feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a die because yeah. I went to go get an ice cream cone. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I did... Um, suffer from some of the anxiety and a little bit of depression and you know even even I had moments where I didn't even want to talk to people even though I missed people 
I didn't want to talk to anybody because every time I talked to people, they were like really unloading how they were feeling on me. And then I'm absorbing that. I'm like, look, I'm trying to get myself out of this depression. I can't yeah. really sit here and listen to your situation too. So I had to have a space or like about two to three weeks where I literally just didn't connect with people that way because mm. I was trying to work myself through it. Mm. I came out good on the other side of it, but I but I had a moment. Like I really felt like I was going, and. I need you to understand that a bottle of Mayomi was my favorite thing. Like, mm. I kept a bottle of wine on deck every day. And I was like, I don't drink like that. You know what I mean? I'm not an everyday drinker, but I found myself drinking every day because of boredom and anxiety and depression. And I think that that kind of exacerbated the situation. Yeah. So that's why I took some time to just, you know, get, get close to me and figure that out. Like, what you doing, girl? Yeah, I did the same thing, and I'm not much of an alcohol drinker. I drink wine, but I don't really get into liquor, but I found myself making margaritas. Mm. Then I moved on to martinis, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I got a whole bar going on over here. Martini Mondays, y'all. Yes, and I liked them. And I was like, wow, where have these things been all my life? Yeah. But it, it was like you said, an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. And then I said, whoa, something's wrong here, because I don't normally do that. But I like the idea of the pretty glasses. Yeah. So I got all these nice, pretty glasses and made myself these cute little cocktails. But the alcohol was real. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, just pretty, pretty. And so that was the problem. And I, was, I had to deal with that. Like, I'm drinking every day. And that's something I normally don't do. Right, right, I don't drink right. much at all. And so for me, another thing that occurred that I've never had in my whole life is high blood pressure. Never had high blood pressure. I got you. Went to the doctor and they were like, you have high blood pressure. And I was shocked. Like, I've never had high blood pressure my whole life. But I really feel like my diet changed. I gained weight at the first part of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I was stressed. All right, and like, you weren't really getting stressed. up and moving around. Like, I wasn't getting yeah. up and moving around. So I felt like at that point, I got to, again, take control. Got you. So I went out and bought me an elliptical. And, you know, I had back surgery, so I, I can't do the, the strenuous so I have this elliptical that also has a seat on it. So okay. you can sit down and do it and then stand up and do it, which is, that didn't sound good. That sounded good in a bad way. But anyway. But, but we knew what you meant. We sit down and do it and stand up and do it. But anyway, um, my mind. <laughs> Y'all, she, she had that moment. She had Another a dirty moment. Another product of the pandemic. Yes. I ain't going to even lie to you. <laughs> but yeah, so that's really helped me. I've already lost 12 pounds, and that feels really awesome. Yay, congratulations. Since July, you know, and that's really a good feeling because I started eating better. I wasn't just shoving anything into my mouth because I was bored. Mm. Or, you know, the first few months of the pandemic, I was ordering Cheesecake Factory, Maggiano's, because I'm so close to Memorial City Mall. I had almost every restaurant in Memorial City Mall at my door every day. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not good, but Maggiano's, mm, let me just let you know, that fettuccine Alfredo is everything you want it to be. But um, not giving no commercials for them. But it you was do. really good. My, you know, vegetables became my my friend during the pandemic. Like I, this y'all, this is crazy. I learned that I learned that I like way more vegetables than I had been exposing myself to. So prior to the pandemic, I had never had a Brussels sprout. Really? Never had one. So I had Brussels sprouts. My mom roasted some. I was like, what in the world? Like, how come no one ever told me how delicious these were, right? Yeah, Brussels sprouts are good. And then I also, I've never had sautéed green beans before, so Mm. I had that. Um, I, and I was like, wow. So I, I can say that I did eat healthy during the pandemic, um, but there's a reason for that. I was being very cognizant of money. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, we're not going to go out and eat. I'm going to eat in the house and I'm going to eat healthier. Um, and that, and, and so it wasn't, it wasn't the intent of the not gaining weight or losing weight. It was more of a being fiscally responsible for the money that we had. Cause I was like, okay, I don't know when this is going in. I know what we have coming in. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. When's this going to stop? So, and I think that was the only reason why I was eating healthier, right? And then, you know, fruits are cheap. Like, fruit be cheap. Fruit and vegetables are cheap. When you start buying meat, I'm like, okay. I don't know. Fruits and vegetables don't seem that cheap to me. They, they kind of, I guess it depends on where you go. Okay. And if you catch a sale or whatever, but yeah, I, I think the produce is kind of costly. Well, you know, my, well, you don't know this, but my mother's social thing is the grocery store. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's a every, that now I'm not going to lie to you. During the pandemic, that was the thing that worried me. I was like, if we going to die and get COVID, we going to get it because from the grocery store. Because she <laughs> go to the grocery store every day. Well, to her defense. Every day. You know, sometimes there's some good things to be found at the grocery store. And I'm not talking about groceries. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. I found my second husband at the grocery store. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a day I will never forget. But yeah, anyway, it's yeah. a good place to be sometimes. She liked to Kroger is her favorite. I'm not to be advertising it, but that is her favorite store. And she also likes that other store that I told you that makes me overwhelmed. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna sit in the parking lot. I'm gonna meet you out here. I'm just not gonna well, be able to do it. Well, the funny thing about the pandemic for me is that it actually freed up some of my finances because some people that have children, and you got to pay for daycare. Okay. And then if you if you if you have if the ability to work from home, that kind of free you up a little bit. Because you're like, wow, okay, I'm good. I don't have to pay for daycare. So that kind of helped me in a way. But it did also um, drive me to that martini. Because okay, got you. being around my kids all day, I was like, I love y'all, but I didn't really know y'all. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now I'm getting to know y'all. You know, I'm wondering if the pandemic strengthened relationships in marriage, right? Because I think about how people wake up every day and you're together, but you're not really together all the time. Like, you know, as a, as a married couple, you spend more time with the people you work with than what you do with your actual yes. spouse, yes. right? So during a pandemic, now you have to actually be with your spouse. So I kind of want to, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm interested in knowing the numbers at the end of the year for yes. marriages, divorces, babies all of that because yes. I know that if you don't like yourself a lot like if you're not happy with you if you got to sit in a pandemic with a person and you don't like you you're gonna project that onto them oh yeah this is true right and if you're in a bad space with them yeah anyway, even if you do like yourself but y'all kind of in a rough patch mm, I can't see it for gotcha. me now I can say that the pandemic came at a time where I was not in a marriage or okay. a relationship so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes I think, man, I could I could have used this pandemic in my third marriage. Oh. We might still be together. Okay. You have a I point. don't know. We didn't have time. We, like our time was a, a thing, you know, that kind of drove, drove us apart. We was both so busy. Well, that was one of the things. Okay. But I felt like if, if we would have had a pandemic, it, it might have helped. You, you think know? so? Yeah. So you I I meant you asked me who do I relate to, right? Emmett? That's what I would be doing if it was a pandemic and I was in a relationship. That's all day. Oh, okay. Every day. Well, okay. All I day. Can, I can't. Oh, all yeah. day. That sounds that would good. Be me. That, would be me. <laughs> that, that would be me. That would be me. 
Good thing that I am not of childbearing age. Yes, well, that don't work for me. I I can't do no all day. Give me a good solid 30 minutes. Ah, yeah. And we can call it a day. And this is why I'm not in a relationship because my business would not be going anywhere. Like, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't be. Like, really? Yes, because I can't focus. Well, you know, we had had somebody ask a question on one of the last shows about women, and it was a guy, and he said, do women get a higher sex drive as they get older? And the only thing I could do was just look at the camera. Okay. <laughs> That's all I could do. Yeah. Just well, look at the camera. So was that so is that a yes for you or a no for you? It's a yes. Oh, okay. I was just checking. I'll like, sure. yeah. And it's yeah. messed up because your your prospects is less. Oh you my know goodness. Because yeah, they all look like phase on love at this point. Oh. That's what it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shout out to Faison Love. We're not against your body type. Oh. We don't we do not do no fat shaming. No, but that's at the not same what I meant. Time, that's the, I didn't mean that because I could have gave you a couple more and it still would have been just, I'm just saying that's what they look like. Yeah, at but, that point. Mm, I, now listen, I'm okay. with you. I just don't want to receive no messages. Okay. I'm oh, with you I'm on sorry, that. y'all. My bad. I, I'm with you on that. I they mean, probably will say that. Look, I'm being me. Y'all, get at me. At me if you don't like me. Right. Right. But not only do they all look like face on love, they, um, you know, not clear on their relationship status. At all. So it's like, are you single? You know, it's complicated. If you 40 and you telling me you in a situationship, go sit down. Yeah, go sit down. Please. All the way down. Now, we getting a little bit off the, sorry, off the topic. Bad. No, the reason why I have to make that disclaimer is because I, I need to say something that's off the topic because I need to ask a question of okay. you. Just from woman to woman, have you been on dating sites during the pandemic? No, I have not. Not at all. Okay. I have not. But, you know, but I have my issue is that... I'm not really, I'm, you know, you know, like when we hang, I'm not really that kind of, I'm more of a friendship kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a, I met you, we get to know each other. And then if it rolls into something, it kind of did. It, I'm, I'm never the intentional going to a dating site to meet someone for that purpose. Does that make sense? So, yes. Yeah. So no, I didn't. Well, I can't ask you the question then. Okay. I can't ask you the question then. So, um, sure? I will say this. No, cause you won't relate if you haven't been on the site. Okay. I will say this. It's a question that we need to ask at some point. I want to get some other people's input because the sites, you know, I I got on it out of curiosity to see what it was about, and I quickly got off. Like the shenanigans that go on. I I was on a couple of them. Facebook has a dating site, and and to be honest with you, they have like a little dating section on Facebook. Okay. And it was really cool because it was some good looking and good prospects. Okay. But the problem is they don't talk to you. They'll send you this thing. It'll say you like this person. They like you. Mm-hmm. So they'll send you a heart to say they like you, and that's the end of your conversation. Their conversation w- was nothing. Oh. So they basically just wanted you to know they like you. Oh. And so it's no interaction. And so that didn't work for me. Okay. Then I went to, uh, I tried out Black People Me. Okay. And I got messages. Most of my messages was from wh- white men. <laughs> so I was like. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a false advertiser. <laughs> on here not that i got nothing against that but I, you know that's I just not a, it's going. not a preference i got you yeah i thought i was going and then you meet so many 50 year old rappers nothing against that either but if your career ain't took off yet i'm just saying you're still working on your demo i'm gonna need you to have plan b that's all yeah. i'm saying i need you to have a plan b a plan c 
and some other stuff. And don't you send 50, me a message talking about what's up. This your boy Lil Momo. Uh uh. Yep, that happened. I'm all up in my forties, baby. I ain't gonna be able to call you Lil Momo. Yep. I need a government name. That is his name. That's probably what he can spell. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. But anyway, we'll talk about that at another time. So we are going to get to the wrap-up. Give us some words. At the end of the show, I also always like to give encouraging words. So, And I call it a message to my people. I like to cut it up between this is for the men, this is for the women. But you do what you do. Give us some encouraging words as we wrap up. So what I would say for women is uh, right now we're in a time, like if we're thriving in the pandemic, really sit down and figure out who you are as it relates to you, not as it relates to your family, not as it relates to your significant other. Um, Be intentional about really getting to know yourself and loving yourself and figuring out what is it that you want as a woman to be a better person or a better mother, but for you, not for the external forces, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I would say to women. So, um, and self-care, ladies, self-care, especially when you have all these other people that you're taking care of, take care of yourself first. Just that's important. Um, and then for the men, because we, we was cracking some jokes mm-hmm. for real. For real, we was cracking jokes. Um, but yes. for the men, what I would really like to let them know is be intentional about being vulnerable. It's OK. Like it's OK for you to tell someone that you like them, you love them or you want to get to know them more. It's OK to say those words like you don't have to be hard all the time. Right. Right. It's, and, and if a woman if a woman is mature enough, she'll meet you where you are. So um, hmm. and I and I only say that because I watch so many men, like you said, they 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 click the like, but they really probably wanted to say something to you. But then if they say something, you know, these young girls, they like um, you thirsty, whatever it is that they say nowadays. Yeah. But men, just know if you're of a certain age, if you open up and be vulnerable and be inten- be intentional about talking to women and say and you know, develop a conversation. Yeah, so that's what I got. That's good. I like that. Well, I'm gonna make my brief to the women, I'm just going to say this. Let's support each other more. Let's try to uh, embrace the spirit of sisterhood. You are not my competition and I'm not yours. Let's encourage and lift up each other. And I have to say this. I've been saying this lately because I found this to be somewhat true. Um, Get you a correct fitting bra. Go to Macy's. They will measure you. I'm just saying. Sometimes your cup is running over on all sides. Get you a good fitting brassiere. Get it together. <laughs> Get it together. It'll save and change your life. Sometimes your bra too tight, and sometimes that's why you got attitude. Oh. Get the right fitting bra, and everything gonna be all right. Now to the men, I'm gonna say this: um, self care and grooming. It's okay to groom yourself. It is okay. You know, men can do grooming too. So let's embrace the the trend of grooming. And uh, these beards that we see, I'm loving them. I'm loving the beards. Mm -hmm. But let's go on and groom them things. You know, let's get them together. And there's some wonderful beard oils out there that smell luscious. So uh, get into it. And I want to say also to the men on a serious note, um, I hope that you know that you are valuable. Don't worry about what the media shows you and tells you, and you are not to be gunned down in the street. You are not to be, you know, held against your will for not even really doing anything. You are valuable. You are worthy of respect. And although we don't always give you the proper respect, just know that you're worthy of it. 
And so if that was anything that I would like to say, and that would be it. I want to say to everybody, thank you so much for supporting Sterner Radio. We are in our infancy stage, like for real, for real. But I thank you so much for the support that everybody has given us. To the sponsors that I didn't get to, I'm just going to say, you know, yeah, sorry about it. This is a learning curve. I'm going to get there, but I will shout you out. Shout out to Jay the Peanut Man. Visit jaythepeanutman.com for all of your needs, your snacking needs, gourmet oven roasted peanuts, and the best homemade peanut butter, the best boiled peanuts in Texas. And please visit the Dorcas Collection by D. Moore. That's it for us today, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging with us, and we will be back next week. Please visit my website, lisadine.com, and you can also check out stunnerradio.com. It's been real, y'all. See you next week. Bye.